don't want to have a good receiving core. I want to have the best receiving core in football, and I think to have the best, you got to have the best. And in my opinion, we acquired the best wide receiver in football, and let's get to work. I'm just excited to be in the same buildings with guys who've been great from the past. And I'm excited to be here and help these uh, go to another level as far as the winning environment. Got a great opportunity to go and play with the great coach, great coaching staff, great organization, a lot of history. And in a year, you'll be the first part of the first team that ever play in Vegas. And I couldn't turn that off or down. Vegas Nation, presented by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. What's up, everybody? It's time for another edition of the Vegas Nation podcast brought to you by STN Sports Mobile Stations Casino. We are out here in Napa today on this Monday, third day of training camp, and the pads have come on. All right, we are here today with Ed Graney, Review Journal sports columnist and our Raiders beat writer, Michael Gelkin. I am Heidi Fang, and you can follow us all on Twitter at Gelkin NFL, at Ed Graney. I am at Heidi Fang. Guys, the pads came on today at camp, and usually we see some fights we see some steamed up reactions from some of the players what did you get out of the first day of pads michael well i'm sure give it some time there will be some it'll get chippy there'll be some of that chippiness it happens every year it's a matter of time in all 32 nfl camps around just around the league but day one one thing that coaches really stressed the players before they stepped on the field was you got to take care of each other you know don't do anything that puts a teammate at medical risk likewise they also wanted to see their guys now that the physicality increases does your technique decrease are you getting too amped up and not doing the things that were taught in the spring during otas during mini camp and during these first couple days not in pats it seemed overall like the raiders had a good first day certainly they protected each other overall there was a possible scare late in practice where Marcel Aitman, a former seventh round pick who probably won't make this team this year, but uh, the wide receiver, big guy, catches a pass over the middle, runs downfield, play ostensibly is over. And then safety Eric Harris, who obviously means no ill will when he does this, having some fun and also finishing. He comes from behind, strips it, the ball uh and then Aitman immediately starts favoring his right hand wrist area uh practice ended but soon thereafter and Aitman was evaluated but he looks to be okay and so that was the only real injury situation that I noticed in Monday's practice and it appears to be all for not I'm fired up I'll tell you why because at six this morning here in the Napa little condo that we're in, I heard some rumblings out here. And to me, that was Gelkin out here running into walls because it's first day of pads. <laughs> this kid loves pads. My, he my loves with, golf at six. Man, you should have seen him today. He was very nervous that we didn't have someone down at the other end of the field for seven on seven because he had to watch the offensive and defensive linemen go crazy on each other. And I watched him the whole time. I ran down as a good colleague to get seven on seven. Thank you. By the way, in that sense, uh, everyone hope out there if you're a Raiders fan that Derek Carr doesn't get uh, injured because those two backups today. Ouch. Unbelievably bad. Anyway, as I watched Gelkin at the other end of the field, man, he was zeroed in on the hitting. So uh, that's all I have for you today. Gelkin was up at 6 a.m. running into walls in the condo, which means we're really into football now. And until the pads come on, you don't know anyway. So very excited that the pads are on, Heidi Fang. Yeah, and when you talk about what we what do you look for when a team is in pads, that was the drill period that I was really interested in seeing where – and you see it throughout the course of practice, certainly during 11-11 – where it's offense versus defensive lines because pass rush is 
it was a make or break area for the Raiders last year and it broke them. They had 13 sacks. It was terrible. We don't need to go deep into it, but it wasn't close to where it needed to be. Yeah, we don't need to go deeper. And then this year, how much better, if at all, are they in that area? And I, they have to be better. You know, some of those rookies from last year, they're second-year players now. And they've added three more rookie draft picks to their defensive line, including the number four overall pick, Cleveland Furl. And just by proxy of his presence and Josh Morrow's presence, a veteran who the team signed in March, that's the base defense. You're not asking Arden Key to play 40 snaps again. You can ask him to be a situational pass rusher, which was Raiders' plan all along last year. So uh, I'm just eager to see how these guys looked. And I thought the offensive line won the day. It would be nice if the defensive line won the day. But, I mean, Colton Miller is a, is a gr- suddenly a grown man. He's gotten a lot stronger. And so that was good to see him. He certainly fended off Cleveland Furl uh, quite efficiently. SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. Let me ask you one question here. In pros, yes, do, they do, do they do the Oklahoma drill? Man on man. They used to. I don't think they do that anymore. And correct me if I'm wrong. One, they're probably worried about injury. And two, they make too much money. Like in college, it's a huge deal. UNLV does that. Like Tony Sanchez does it. Line it up, one-on-one, offensive, defensive guy, and you just go at it, and you're in a little circle there, and whoever wins. But I would imagine, and you can tell the people listening, in the NFL, they would think we're not messing around with injuries here. We're going to be as careful as possible. Yeah, does that have something to do with it? Yeah. yeah. It's all about protecting players. Um, I think in the current CBA landscape, just the way that this game is, where it's so much focus is on that just protecting guys they just don't see that um i'm trying to think back the last time i did in my yeah. career like, i'm wondering if marty schottenheimer do that and see i think he did i don't have a norv turner i mean i'm going way back yeah. um but you know the past few coaches that i've been around haven't done that uh, gruden people say that he's old school but that's not giving him enough credit he's trying to take care of his players he doesn't want them to get injured there might be times over the course of training camp where they go live which means that you're tackling to the ground but he's going to do that when say james butler uh, you know a t- type of practice squad type of guy is on the field because you want to see what he you know how he looks in that sort of setting i think zach crockett was a player or i'm trying to think of who else gruden's talked about how you go live in practice you can it's really great great evaluation tool so I think that in terms of physicality is something we could see over the course of camp but when it comes to that it's very rah-rah it's very amateur football it's very antiquated yeah so I don't think uh, that is going to be something that those season ticket holders who show up to practice or us are going to see on the field in Napa. Okay, so we talked to a lot of the defensive players today, Cleland Furl being one of them. You said that he was being fended off pretty well by Colton Miller, Michael. So when you look at somebody like Furl, there's a lot of spotlight on him. There's a lot of eyes on him. Pick number four overall in the draft. A lot of people said too high, but... Mayock stood behind the guy saying that this was the guy that checked all of our boxes. As of right now, do you think Mayock will still sing those praises after he's seen them already? Oh, absolutely. From right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, don't, don't mistake that observation from one day of practice as being an indicator that Cleveland Furl isn't everything that the Raiders wanted and hoped he would be. He is. Uh, you, talk, you start talking about his leadership ability. You know, he during that news conference i think we have the audio it might be worth playing he goes on this really you know it's just very deep philosophical you can tell how much it means to him how considerate he is about not just the future of the raiders but the past of the raiders and the attention to detail in terms of what separates good from great 
you'll hear Clue and Furl right now talk, and you'll see why the Raiders were excited about him when selecting him number four overall, and why they remain excited about him. I've always looked forward to being a complete player. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm a guy that, just with my mentality, I never want to come off the field. Just because I want to be the guy that team may say, hey, you know, I want him on the field with me. I want him, I want to be in the trenches with that guy. I want that guy beside me when we line up at this fourth and one on the goal line and we need to, and then we, we need to stop him from getting in the end zone. So uh, it's just it's really just a mindset, man. You know, obviously you gotta be, you know, physical and had a the, 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 the physical stature to, to be, you know, every down player, but I feel like it's just a mindset, the, the mental toughness side to it. And and just having the IQ for it. So I just gotta keep building that, keep working hard and I feel like I can earn that that right to do so. So all that sounds great from Cleveland Farrell. I and mean, I think the key thing to follow up on is it's not just what he's saying, you know, what's between the ears that the Raiders love. This is a two-way player, a guy who can set the edge in the run game first and foremost, but he also can get after the quarterback to at least some degree. Is this going to be year one 10-sack uh, guy? No. Year five, year six, is he going to be a 10-sack guy? I'm not even sure then he will be. But – what he brings from just the presence and leadership and culture standpoint in your locker room. At number four overall, you want a building block, a guy that you can just have be a leader for years to come. And that is what, by all indications, Furl is. And again, you are listening to Vegas Nation. You can find us on VegasNation.com, the Vegas Nation app, and in print at the Review Journal. Ed has a great piece coming out here that it should actually already be in print. We have a special interview with Brandon Marshall that is the only guy right now on the Raiders roster who hails from Las Vegas. He even said, oh, Review Journal. I know I used to look up my stats on the prep site. So he's very familiar with our paper. Ed, how did that conversation go with Brandon Marshall? And what do you gather from him coming from one AFC West team to another settling in with the Raiders? Yeah, you know, um, taught as uh, reporters and journalists and columnists, uh, even so uh, not to kind of overly root for people. You kind of have to stay balanced and in the middle. Um, but definitely Homer. not ashamed. I'm sorry. Keep going. What'd you, what were you saying? I said, I said Homer. Keep going. I'm sorry. Yes, I don't want to be Homer. But I'll be a Homer with Brandon Marshall because of his background. Um, I think it would be awesome for this guy. He signed a one-year deal. But, you know, he's, he's getting in long of the tooth a little and he's had some injuries. Plays eight years in the league, has a Super Bowl ring. But this is a guy who – uh, Vegas guy, his foundation for at-risk youth in Las Vegas, tremendous. He's helped a lot of kids there. Um, he got cut. He got waived. He's been on practice squads. He worked him all the way, uh, himself all the way to be a Super Bowl champion. I think it would be terrific if he could last um, at least two years, which means he would play in the stadium next year. And I talked to him about running out in that stadium, and he says he's dreamed about it over and over. Uh, his mom moved to Denver. When he played in Denver, he's now bought mom a house back in Las Vegas, so she's back there. I just think it'd be awesome if Brandon Marshall could run out of that stadium with the home team and um, everything he's done for kids in Las Vegas. People, I know people listening, some people might know, but he has a foundation of at-risk youth where he makes them get certain GPAs. He makes them uh, um, have certain volunteer hours. He's a really, really bright, kind of compelling guy who's helped so many kids. So, yeah, I hope Brandon Marshall can stay healthy enough um, to play another year so he could be back at home and and finish it uh, in Vegas. Not many people could... Um, go back to their hometown to finish their careers, and certainly not in Vegas because no one ever thought Vegas was going to get a team until they did. Um, So that was really cool. I will say this about uh, Cleveland Furl. At the draft, 
when I asked to talk to Dabo Sweeney about him, the Clemson coach, the SID, I said, I need to talk about Cleveland uh, Farrell. He goes, hold on. That's Farrell. <laughs> Cleveland Farrell. I said, okay, I'm sorry about that. He goes, now listen, it's not Dabo Sweeney, it's Sweeney. So I was able to, at that point, for whatever reason on deadline, know the correct pronunciation of two Clemson people, one of whom I don't really will ever never cover. And then when I cl- cover Cleveland Furl, I'll be able to say his name correctly. That's just a little tidbit for the people listening. What's funny? It's Furl. Yeah, it's very important to no, a player know, to, to, to sure. You pronounce it's spelled like Farrell, but it's not pronounced. Well, the thing is, in that people don't take it from me. When you watch Hard Knocks for the first episode on August sixth, you're going to hear it. Coaches call him Farrell. So they call him the incorrect way. The incorrect way. But I probably should have asked Cleland this, but obviously he's not correcting people. You know, he just no. let it go. Right. Like, I'm sorry, Mr. Gruden. It's actually Furl. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Like, that's not something that is going to be said. But it is Furl. Point made. Well, we're so, so Sweeney, not Swinney. Sweeney. I always God. thought it was Sweeney, right? It is. It's Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney. If you look at it spelled, you'd think Swinney. How do you spell it? S-W-I-N-N-E-Y. Oh, okay. As the SID told me, oh, okay. Sweeney. Yeah. Call the coach by the correct name. And I did. <laughs> as long as we don't have another Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor situation on Hard Knocks, I'm good. <laughs> but uh, something, Michael, you made note of today uh, when we were doing our wrap-up here was the fact that Vontez Burfitt came out and spoke a little bit about Jonathan Abram, the other rookie, uh, that is, I guess, interesting because he said that it was kind of like that Abram reminded him of himself. Mm-hmm. What was it exactly that uh, Burfick had to say there? Yeah, it was ironic. It was like like LeBron James saying about a rookie, he takes too many free throws. Is Vontez Burfick saying, this guy's too aggressive. He, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So Burfick obviously has a track record, and it's well-deserved. He is by many people's estimations if you were to say name a dirty player in the nfl the first name that is cited um and there's other players around the league certainly but he's on the mount rushmore for sure and yet uh, we will play this clip too right hedy we can play it. Like we'll play it. But Gelkin is becoming like an expert at cl- throwing to clips right now. I love He loves throwing to clips right now. He does it on video, and now he's doing it here. He wants it so badly, he interrupted himself in his own thought by saying, Heidi, are we throwing to this clip? Can I throw we to the clip, clip now? I, throw, I love throwing Go ahead it. and throw it to it. And by the way, this is Vontez Burfick saying that Jonathan Abram is too aggressive is like Mike Gelkin saying, you're going after the news too much. This is the beat rider right here, baby. He's all about the news. You know what? That's a better throw than I could have done. Roll it, Heidi. Same. Roll it. I don't remember any type of rookie that's coming in just talking as much as they do, even, you know, getting into other players' heads. And uh, just like I said, Abraham's so, so aggressive. Sometimes I have to tell him, like, hey, you got to hold it back a little bit. You know, we're, we're on team. So and he keeps, he keeps ragging uh, when the Rams come in. He doesn't he doesn't care. So, you know, he's, he's young, he's talented, uh, um, aggressive, and uh, I can't wait to see him play on Sundays. Never thought I'd hear the day, like you said, Vontez Burfitt calling somebody else too aggressive. That's what you get out of this Raiders camp. New crew, new culture, new coaches, everything. It's going to be a completely different look is what I think the fans are hoping from off of last year's 4-12 and team. Uh, as far as injuries go, Michael, is there anybody of note right now that we should let the fans know about uh, as far as notable injuries that happened today? Happened today? No. Aitman was the only thing that I noticed anyway. Perhaps I missed it. It's possible. It happens. Uh, we'll see what happens, though. Based on this weekend, there were some ailments that popped up. 
Eddie Vanderdose suffered a concussion. The 2017 third round pick was in great, looks like to be in great shape. He, in like a one-on-one drill, some random non-padded practice incident where he felt concussion symptoms. He was escorted off the field and indeed I was told was diagnosed with concussion. So it's unfortunate for a guy who's worked so hard to be in great shape. You know, we had, we've seen players who weren't in great shape. Chris, running back Chris Warren was cut on Sunday. Vanderdose works to put himself in the position to make this football team and then suffers a setback. Now, this doesn't likely write him off for making this team, but it's obviously not the kind of start to training camp that he was looking to have. So he didn't practice on Monday. We still haven't seen more of Ronald Ollie, who definitely will be subject of some attention on hard knocks this year. Cameras love themselves from Ollie. He's the undrafted rookie. Will he make the story, feel good story of this season probably, and for good reason because of his path to the league thus far. But he remains sidelined with an undisclosed injury, so he's missed two straight practices, and that, of course, doesn't help his chances. An important injury certainly is that to second-round cornerback Trayvon Mullen. He has a wrist injury. Do not know the severity, but uh, given what he stands to bring to the Raiders this season, definitely keep an eye on there. Again, I have no idea the, the severity, hopefully minor, but he was not participating in football activities today. Okay, well, that'll do it for us here from Napa. Again, you can find the Vegas Nation podcast on ReviewJournal.com slash podcast on the Vegas Nation app. Download that today. Let us know some feedback. Let us know what you think about the show. We always love to hear it. And follow us all on Twitter, at Ed Greeny, at Gilkin NFL, and I am at Heidi Fang. And we are brought to you by STN Sports Mobile Stations Casino. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. We'll have more updates for you as everything unfolds here at training camp in Napa. But for now, that'll do it here for the Vegas Nation podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.